KBLA Talk 1580. Yep, time to get it in. Sign, seal, deliver that ballot. That's what we're talking about. It is in your mailbox now. The last day to vote is March 5th, which is right around the corner. And one of the things we want to help you with is your judicial candidates for L.A. County Superior Court. We are blessed this morning to have one such candidate who is running for seat number 137, uh, born and raised in Altadena, Pasadena area, went to elementary, middle, and high school there. Um, and she worked as a paralegal uh, for Fulbright, Jaworski, Brobeck, Flager, and Harrison. Um, she worked um, as in-house counsel for 21st Century Insurance. She's worked as a re- legal research attorney for the San Bernardino County's uh, DA's app- um, appellate division. And uh, actually went to, was in the county council L.A. County Council's office as a paralegal, then went back to the county council's office uh, practicing dependency law, which is uh, an area of law that deals with child abuse and neglect. She also assists the appeals division in preparing dependency case appeals. Tracy Blount, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm sorry I couldn't get there. There's a huge nightmare accident on the 10. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that, um, L.A. Life. Uh, You are, you're an attorney, um, I should have also said, (laughs) with more than 20 years of experience. (laughs) Why, um, why the bench? Well, because um, I've spent my career in service, as you've described. Um, I've been a government attorney and public servant for my entire career, and um, I want to serve as a judge, you know, at the next level. This is another level of service, and um, it's an important, critical level of service to the community, and that's where I need to be. That's where I want to be. Um, how would you describe yourself? You know, you, we don't we don't call ourselves when judicial candidates don't affiliate with parties. But how would you describe yourself? your outlook, your philosophy as a, as a potential judge? Um, I would say my philosophy is, is um, fairness and equity to everyone that comes into the courtroom and respect. And I was fortunate enough to have uh, judges, hearing officers who were just that they were respectful to everyone that came into their courtroom they treated everyone with, um, you know, decency and fairness. Even if you didn't get the, the outcome you wanted, you still weren't treated badly. And that's the way it should be. I mean, yeah, in an ideal world, all of our judges would have that philosophy of being fair. Yeah, that's right. But how do you get there on, an, on a playing field that's not always level? Um, I think it just, you know, it really, it, it's about the human being that you are, honestly. And a lot of this process, you know, is showing the people who you are and what type of person you are. And your career should speak for that. It should speak to that. So, I mean, you know, it's up to the people to decide. And all you can do is is let them know, hey, this is who I am. You know, this is the type of career I've had. This is how I've spent my career. And, um, you know, let them make the choice. But I know the person I am. And there's a there's a vetting process that goes on in all of this. You know, the L.A. County Bar vets you. The L.A. Times vets you. Everyone is vetting you 
not just by what you say, but by what other people say about you. So when they put out an endorsement, they're saying, hey, we've spoken to people that know this this candidate, and that's why we are supporting this candidate. And you did get the endorsement of the Los Angeles Times. One of the things they talk about is, you know, in, in your work, that you, you know, work with a dependency court and judges there make decisions about whether to take children out of homes um, because they're in danger, uh, they're being neglected or something uh, along those lines. How does how would that work um, inform your way of presiding? Um, you know, that's one of the hardest courts to work in for obvious reasons, because you're dealing with child safety. And the judges there, like I said, the judges that I appear before were, you know, some of the best. I mean, it's hard work, and um, it's a closed, uh, closed court, um, closed courthouse because of, of the nature of the work. It's about kids, so everything's confidential. So the judges are the ones making the decisions. There's no jury, and the public can't come in to these proceedings. And it's heavy work for a judge. It's a lot of work, um, and they do hard work. They do great work. You know, like I said, I can't say it enough. The judges I had were excellent decision makers. They were fair, you know, to, to the people that came before them. And it was about keeping the child safe. So that, that's the work that they do in there. Um, you know, as a, I guess, a native uh, Southern Californian, Altadena, Pasadena, still L.A., <laughs> um, mm-hmm. is still, yeah. uh, even though we don't think of it that way, what do you know uh, about what, you know, what is needed here in, in, in our justice system that someone who's not from here might not know? Um, I think that in this county, it's a huge county, I mean, it's L.A., millions of people, um, there needs to be, from what I've heard of friends of mine that work in different courthouses, maybe a balance, you know, an equity so that when you go to a certain area, you should get the same treatment, you know, if you go, let's just say hypothetically, downtown and you go to, um, I don't know, um, Antelope Valley court, you know, I'm just speaking off the top. Right. For example. Right. The, <laughs> yeah. For example, you should get the same decision out of wherever you go, whatever courthouse you're in. Now, that, of course, means that you have to have fair minded judges who are all, you know, on the same page. And we're talking about people. So the likelihood of that happening might not be, you know, always the best. But that's what it should be. And I know I'm speaking very idealistically, but I mean, that's what it should be. Because when a judge steps on the bench, they're supposed to be fair. They're supposed to be equitable. And that's how it should be. So, you know, in a county this size, we can only strive and we definitely do, I believe, strive for that. You know, and it takes training. It takes education for everybody, judges included. Discrim- um, equity, fairness, all of that has to be, you have to be trained. Let's talk a little bit about your endorsements. You have a number of interesting ones, actually. Um, I find Metropolitan News, which 
does track a lot of these judicial contests um, doesn't always agree with some of the other folks that have endorsed you. So I guess that speaks to um, kind of what you what you were talking about, about, you know, having um, a range of supporters. So talk to me about some of the endorsements you have. Um, well, as we stated, I have the message. And they were very, very nice and sat down with me and we talked. Um, I have the L.A. Times, which is very important and, and a big deal, and I'm grateful for that. And um, the L.A. County Democratic Party. Um, I have the West Hollywood Beverly Hills Democratic Club. Um, the Citizens for Citizens uh, for Accountable Leadership, um, which is very important. Um, and let me think. Gosh, I have a list. Well, Law Pack. I mean, that, the Los Angeles African American. Uh, yes, Law Pack. I just got uh, that. Yeah. Congrats. Yes, I just got that. Thank you. So, you know, lots of support from the community, which I'm so grateful for. I can't even tell you. And I'm still in the process. Uh, well, thank you so much for checking in with us today. Tell us, give us your, you know, elevator pitch, why we should vote for uh, Tracy Blunt for judge. Because, um, again, I want to serve. I really, truly do. And that's what this position is about. It's about service to the community. It's not about elevating myself. It's about doing what I've already been doing in a different position. And um, I was raised in a household and a family where we serve, where we give. And, you know, that's where my heart, excuse me, that's where my heart is. And that's what I want to do for the community. And tell us how to find out more about you. Um, my website is tracybluntforjudge.com, and that has um, an email address, a way to contact me if you want to, you know, ask questions or get in touch with me. I'm happy to talk to whoever wants to know more about me and what I stand for. I love that. I no Trace, problem with that. Tracy Blunt for Judge, and it's F-O-R. you got to spell it out, tracybluntforjudge.com. Yes, F-O-R. Yeah. Thank you so much for... Um, talking with us this morning. I really appreciate the conversation and uh, good luck on your quest uh, to be on the LA County Superior Court. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Sorry again, I couldn't get there. Oh, no worries. Traffic is trafficking. Uh, We are going to continue our conversation. In fact, if you want to call me, now's a great time. You've heard from some folks. We're going to be hearing from some more, including uh, Christopher Darden, who will be on later in the show. But we've got Superior Court judge candidates today that is that's what we're doing and uh i'd love to talk to you as well it's kbla talk 1580 she's reclaiming her time on kbla talk 1580 more first things first with dominic DePrima when we come forward the conversation continues right now, right now, right now with now, dominic now. DePrima on first things first, first. And I'd uh, love to talk with you, 800 So when uh, we were talking with um, Fatima Iqbal-Zubair, we went through a couple things quickly that we could talk a little bit more in depth about. Um, the Proposition 1 conversation, Proposition 1 is going to be, it's a statewide um, proposal, and it's going to be one of the things you're going to, well, you probably already are seeing ads, but you'll be seeing even more. Um, this is Governor Newsom's way of changing or tweaking how we spend our money that is focused on uh, mental health 
services. It's actually called the Mental Health Services Act. Uh, That was the initial um, law, and now the governor wants to tweak it. He wants to tweak it um, to change the way we spend those dollars to um, restrict how counties can spend that money and force them to spend um, at least 30% for housing, at least 35% for full service partnerships and 35% for behavioral health. And so people that are for this are saying yes, because it'll, it'll, um, allow people who have substance abuse problems like addicts and stuff, especially those who are in house to be treated, um, under mental health, um, funding, right? That in other words, uh, addiction services would be considered part of mental health. It'd be easier to get people uh, into treatment and stuff like that. This is being touted as one of the big, you know, things that would be helpful People like, uh, you heard um, Chair Iqbal Zuber, chair of the Progressive Caucus, saying, and we're hearing this from some advocacy organizations, that it puts too many rules into place about how uh, people can spend the money, whether it's for housing or or health services, um, and it doesn't give people enough flexibility, doesn't give counties enough flexibility on how to spend their money. There's also concern as... um, Fatima pointed out in terms of how um, how people are put into treatment. Are they forced into mental health treatment, um, which is really kind of what the governor's care courts do. I mean, they, they're not being forced into treatment by cops. They're being referred by either um, workers, you know, social workers or their family. But this question of stripping people of their rights uh, in that way is one reason why many progressives do not support this. Um, But some do because there's a feeling like we got to do something different, right? We can't just keep hoping for Medicare for all. We can't just keep hoping uh, for um, the services that we need for folks that are on the streets. Um, but one of the things I'm, you know, seeing here that I, I do find concerning is a reduction in behavioral health services like peer support and those crisis teams, which those mobile crisis mental health teams, which are, are part of what a lot of us who believe in a care first model, you know, really have advocated for, right? Don't send cops to every mental health situation. If possible, don't send them to any. Uh, send mental health professionals who are backed up, um, you know, by, by um, law enforcement if necessary, but not as a first response. Send mental health professionals to deal with mental health crises. And that's what a lot of these mobile crises teams do. So if it's cutting funding for that, that is, um, that's a serious concern. Because if we say that we are going to emphasize alternatives to incarceration, but then we defund the alternatives to incarceration, um, that is, that's um, going to be an issue. So we'll talk more about this, but I want to get it on your radar because 
It is one of the things. And if you have, you know, some of you have already voted. If you've already voted, call me 800-920-1580. Want to hear what decisions you made on your ballot? I have not done so yet. I'm going to give myself probably another week and a half, two weeks. Um, well, the election, the final day to vote is March 5th. So that's only in three weeks, a little less than three weeks. So maybe I'll do it in about a week and a half. I just want to make sure I make sure I make sure I know um, where I am. For example, um, you know, Proposition One, um, I am, I had uh, considered voting yes on that. And now I feel like I I need to have more conversation about it. Um, I do feel like we have to do something different because when it comes to mental health and the unhoused in California, if we always do what we've always done, then we'll always get what we've always got. But that said, uh, I think Fatima makes a fair point. You don't want to put in place solutions that are so flawed that they create all kinds of other unintended consequences and challenges. Um, Measure HLA is a city of Los Angeles um, initiative. I, I don't think you're supposed to call them initiatives, but you know what I'm saying. It's something we're voting on just for the city. It's not a state. It's not a county, but it's meant to deal with the um the fact that people are dying in these streets and we're not talking about gun violence, we're not talking about houselessness, we're talking about walking down the street. People drive way too fast. I'm sorry. I, you know, go to work in Lamert Park uh, here in Los Angeles, the Africa town as it's affectionately known, the cultural hub here of black Los Angeles, and people drive so fast. I mean, just on Lamert Boulevard or down Vernon, is everybody late for work? Um, and this is, the, the pedestrian deaths are up 10% in 2023. I, I've talked about it. It seems like a silly thing to talk about it at first glance. But when you start to see that collisions are just killing people, we got to do something here, right? The leading cause of death for children in Los Angeles is traffic collisions. Wait, what? Yeah, totally preventable totally preventable. And I get it because I'm an impatient driver and I say terrible things in, in the car that I don't want my grandma to hear me saying. And I am always in a hurry too, but we can't be killers on the road and we have to take measures to make it safer. Um, stuff like, and one of the things I liked about HLA, um, is that, which, which I am going to vote uh, yes on, is that they go, they find that they're going to prioritize those intersections and traffic hotspots that are more deadly and put in um, safety measures there. And that's just logical, right? Why, you know, if you're going to spend money to upgrade these 2,500 miles of streets, why not start with the ones, the problem areas where we know People are getting killed by hit and runs and and in act traffic accidents. Um, we see it. Bicycle deaths up forty one percent since twenty twenty one. Riding a bike and dying. So it's part of this mobility plan that we've been talking about um, to resurface streets, but also to make them safer, safe places to ride your bike. Um, you know, cutting down on some of these little residential streets that people use as shortcuts where they're driving like they're on the freeway while they're on their way to the freeway. 
But also I think one of the things that looks better than the traffic diet here is the idea that traffic flow is going to be prioritized, meaning not just is it safe, um, let me add a big bike lane and squeeze the, the regular traffic. They are starting to talk about, you know, making some lanes more narrow because we tend to drive not as fast when the street is more narrow. But also, you know, different kinds of lighting and curbs and things that make pedestrians safer. Um, but also keeping in mind the traffic flow, not just everything for bikes and pedestrians and too bad if you got an extra two hours on your commute every morning because no one's going to tolerate that. In fact, they're going to start driving faster, 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 and faster um, as we get later and later <clears throat> with fewer lanes. So it looks like um, from what I can see so far that they've solved some of the problems with the traffic diet here and the focus is on safety. And if, you know, implementing this, putting this stuff in place actually saves lives, then yeah, why wouldn't we vote yes uh, on HLA? We're talking about the leading cause of death for children in LA. To me, that's definitely a yes on HLA. Um, I'm Dominique DePrimo. We've got news, traffic, and sports, and then more candidates for L.A. County Superior Court Judge. That's next on KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA Talk 1580 is an intervention. When we come forward, includes you. KBLA Talk 1580, turning pain into power. 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 